Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. And for today's issue and shear, we are going to talk about the way we wash our hands. Hilchus Natila Sidaim, specifically Natila Sidaim for Sauda, for bread and for other food items, perhaps. Give a overview of sorts. We're not going to necessarily touch every halacha of Hilchus Natiya Sidaim, but we will be covering a lot of halacha lamaisa. I'll even give you some of the classical sources and some more contemporary sources of where to look to learn Hilchus Natiya Sidaim. And some sources will obviously be more of the primary sources, whereas other sources will just be easier to read sources, perhaps more user-friendly, um, if it's too hard for you to learn the halachos, you know, in depth, but we'll cover a lot here, and I will just also mention that for those who don't know, this shear is based on a few recent comments uh, made by Hagon Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita, which I'm going to share with you soon. If you haven't heard it already, or even if you have heard it, I will be sharing it here. First, we're just going to acknowledge our sponsors. We have Anonymous, and we have a sponsorship from Yon and Chani Laster, the second time sponsorship. Anyone else who wants to sponsor, you can reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Now, Rav Chaim Kanievsky's um, comments come in response to two recent tragedies we have, obviously, the heartbreaking Mayron tragedy, which is um, being described as um, perhaps the greatest civilian tragedy in the history of Eretz Yisrael. And we have the tragedy of the Melchama, um, that that is ongoing, but um, particularly uh, from the Hamas missiles that have been fired into Eretz Yisrael in the past couple of weeks. So on, on these two separate occasions, we're almost back-to-back. We had the Meron tragedy on Lag Bomer. The Hamas missiles um, you know, started um, recently around Shavuos time and after. And Rav Chaim Kanievsky was addressed, and he was asked to give comments on this, talk about things that we can, we can take upon ourselves, or what, what should be the avoda that we focus on. So he focused on the general avodas of Talmud Torah. We can um, always be machazik ourselves there. He spoke about the importance of tznios for women, which is something that we've spoken about several times in this podcast, in terms of the equivalence almost of, of tznios for women uh, to Talmud Torah for men. But it was interesting that Rav Chaim on both occasions, um, made reference to Hilchus Natila Sidaim for Suda. I have the text of the letter um, that he that he you know, that was written in his name in response to the Meiron tragedy. I only have an English version of the the response to the Hamas missiles. Um, however, um, in in the original text, so Rav Chaim says the Zegzeres Shemayim Ein. So this is obviously Xera from Shemaim, but we we have no idea what the calculation is. So then, um, just um, he they talks about being nischazek in in Torah. Fine, talks about snias, and then he continues, 
after it's um, the the letter says after a few moments he said shalom people are not makbid um, with the halachos of netilas yadaim netilas yadaim literally means the taking of the hands um, that that is usually a reference to the fact that they would take water for the hands. So the taking of the hands really refers to the taking of the water to pour upon the hands. Um, so they would do this. For, um, so so people are not makbid to um, with the halachos and the sidaim for meals particularly in all of its details and all of its and all all of its finer details, right? Um, all all its preci- precise halachos. And he also added um, to feel we should also be ourselves in having kavanah during brachos. That naturally will give us a greater feeling of closeness to Hashem. So, um, and this was after the Meron tragedy, and he had a similar comment, and he, he added shemitah, hilchas um, shemitah, when uh, when talking about the response to the missiles. Um, be that as it may. Um, for one reason or another, Rav Chaim Kanievsky picked out this particular halacha of, of Natila Sidaim. Now, why in the world would he pick that out? Um, you know, of, of everything that there is. Um, maybe it has to do with the readiness for Tahara and Kedushas Truma, as we're going to see when we get to some of the background for Natila Sidaim. We will talk about where exactly the halacha comes from. It's it's a, really a takana darabanan based on truma, and it has to do with hilchos tumantahara and kedusha, and maybe this has something to do with our, um, our um, it's a gesture of readiness for binyan beis that we want to live in the world of tumantahara and kedusha once again. Maybe it's a preparation for something that Rav Chaim knows is going to come soon. Right, maybe Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita knows something that we don't know. You think, you know, besides for Kolatar Kula, um, maybe he knows something else. And I would say probably he knows something else. You know, we don't uh, take the words of the Gaon and the Gadol Hador lightly, um, even though often, you know, it's it's not. Um, I would say very often it's very hard to get into the mind of the Gaon and the Gadol, and we don't completely understand him. But we take his words with reverence, and if he says something that 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 means we should take it to heart, we should take it seriously, and that's what we're hopefully going to do right now as we focus a little bit on on Hilchos Metilas Yadayim. So with that, um, you know, let's learn some halacha. So, if you want to find the basic halachos of Hilchus Netiyasidaim, there are a bunch of places you can look. So, for example, you can look at the website known as Halachapedia. I could even attach the link. Maybe I'll put the link when I when I post the audio, so the link will be there. So, at the time that you're listening to it, that means that the link is already there. I'm just doing some time travel as I as I say it over now. Um, another place you can look, and we're going to take a look at. We're going to see a lot of the um, the halachos. From my Rosh Shiva from Rasha, Ravari Marcus, his Halacha 24 7 12, it's 24 hours um, a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year, Rabbi Aaron Achanan Marcus. So he has um, a wonderful book. He says in the introduction that it's no replacement for the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Rura. I'll give you the sources there as well. But um, he simplifies a lot of the halachos. So anyone can learn the halachos. There's really no excuse. And this Sefer is available in basically all Svarim stores that I could think of, um, at least in America.
I'm sure um, several in Eretz Yisrael as well. So, so you can get halacha 24-7-12. But if you want to go back to the original, original halachos, so the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch and Aruch Chaim, you can find it, all the um, halachos and the Tiyas it starts really with the halachos for Su'uda. So Kuf Nun Zayin talks about general halachos for Su'uda, but from Kuf Nun Ches and on, up until, um, I'll tell you the exact location, up until Kuf Samach Hay. So Kuf Nun Ches is 158, Kuf Samach Hay is 165. So all of those halachos are the different areas of halacha for Natiel Sidaim. A, a great way to remember the, the opening um, uh, simon for Halachos Natiel Sidaim, Kuf Nun Ches is the Sharish Kanach, or the same Sharish of the word Kinoach, which means to wipe. So, um, you know, to think about wiping your hands. So, Hilchas Natiyah Sidayim, um, you could find them, the, the headquarters would be Kanach, Kufnan Ches, the first uh, simon that you really find, the Shachon talking about Natiyah Sidayim, 158, Kufnan Ches. So there we have Hilchas Natiyah Sidayim. So, let's, let's, let's look at some, what some of the Halach has to say. So the first place, once again, is Kufnan Ches. So right now I'm looking at uh, the tour. All right, so in the tour, Kufnan Ches, Sif Aleph, at least what would be in the Shulchan Aruch would be Sif Aleph. So it says the tour, when a person is actually arriving to the point where he's going to eat, Yitol Yadav Kodem, he should actually wash his hands first. Um, he should engage in the act of Natiyah Sedaim. And the tour just points out, even for chulin, even for non-holy foods. So, what exactly does this mean? It sounds like, obviously you have to do it when you're handling kodesh, but even for chulin, even for things that are mundane, even regular foods, right? we don't usually handle food that's kadosh today. Right? Women maybe do have rosh's chala, and then they have to get rid of the, the dough, and then they burn it, or whatever they do with it to get rid of it. But that would be Kadesh. That, would be, that food would be Kadosh. We don't really deal with the Kadosh food today. So says the tour, yeah, of course. So, you know, when you wash your hands before you eat, but even for Chulin. So what exactly does that refer to? And if you look, um, he continues. This is Velav Davka Kisha Ochel Pas, by the way, says the tour. And this is also not just Davka when you're eating bread. Ela l'chol any um, food, anything that you're going to dip in a liquid, that also needs matila sidaim. So, so what, what, what exactly is this um, referring to? So in terms of the idea of chulen, so explains the Beis Yosef right here. The Beis Yosef is Yosef Karo, also the Mechaber or the author of the Shulchan Aruch. says the Beis Yosef, we're going to explain later on to the chulin it's shichu chachamim tila mishum sarach truma. The chachamim made a special takhana that they required us to do netila sidaim even for chulin because of sarach truma. The word sarach usually means to hold on to, to adhere to, almost like we're adhering to the rules of truma and we're applying them here because truma had to be handled with kedusha and tahara. Truma, you're, you're not allowed to be matame truma or anything that's kadosh, really. And because of that, somehow the, there was a takhana for washing for food. Now, what food are we referring to? 
So we just said in the Torah that it's not just bread, but anything that you're going to dip. Right? This is, in fact, the basis for what we do on Seder night. Right? So we wash without a bracha when we do urchatz, because it happens to be the halacha is, yes, we dip the food, and whenever you dip a food, you do require netilas yadayim, but you do not require a bracha. And, by the way, this is not just a Seder night thing, but this is an every night thing and an everyday thing. Um, if you're going to dip a food in liquid, you are supposed to wash for it. Just if it's not bread, you don't make a bracha. And what we have to understand is what is so significant about foods dipped in liquids and what's so significant about bread, because apparently um, bread, even if you're not dipping it, you have to make a um, you have to make a netilas yadayim on it. So what exactly is the basis for that? So with that, I, I, um, let's, let's return um, to the Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef explains, so so far it has something to do with truma, right? Where we're somehow adhering to truma, we're holding on to the halachas of truma. Fine. So the Beis Yosef says, davka, so just the Dibur Hamas goes, not just when you eat bread. So... Whenever, um, and, I, and again, this is all for, to, to provide background for Natiyah Sidaim. We'll get to some more halacha slamaisa um, in, in, uh, in the coming minutes, uh, but I just want you to have this background of Hilchus Natiyah Sidaim. What's the point? So says the, says the Beis Yosef, the Parakarve Psachim, Am Rabbi Lazar, Kol Shatibilo Bemashke, anything that's dipped in liquid, right? See, why is he coming up in Psachim? Because that's where we find um, Orchatz, right? Um, it, that's, that's the, Orchatz is really a headquarters for Halacha that we have all year around. Um, so that's not necessarily one of the reasons why the night's different from other nights. Uh, but he says, anything that's Tibulo Bemashke, Tsarach Nitiyasidaim, Uper Shashi Tsarach Nitiyasidaim, fine. So apparently it's something to do with the fact that liquids, um, they passel, um, uh, um, uh, sorry, they don't passel, they matame. Liquids contract, liquids are a medium for contracting tumma, for passing tumma from, from, from one item to the other. So he goes on to explain that the, um, this is the B'Shem, the Rebbeinu Yonah, that the Ikranatiyasidayim was was Huskan, it was it was instituted Alapas Shanachas Biadayim. It was it was specifically for food that you are holding in your hands, or really bread that you're holding in your hands. Like, so we're gonna see if you're not if you're not holding in your hands, then you might you might not have to wash unless someone is feeding it to you. If someone is feeding it to you, so and this has one of the phenomenon of of Sidaim, it's that even in cases where you're not handling it with your hands and you're but you're eating it, um, you do have to wash. Yet in cases where you're handling it but you're not eating it, you don't have to wash. So apparently, it's specifically instituted on the achila of bread. But yet we're going to see some cases where even though you're eating the bread, you might not have to wash. It's bidiyavid, because really the chatzchili should always wash on bread. But we know of scenarios, um, we've all heard of, you know, holding the bread in a wrapper or wrapping your hands with gloves or something like that and then making the hamotzi without the nitinasi daim. There are forms of getting around it, but those are all bidiyavid. And really the chatzchili should always be washing before bread. And we're going to see for, and as we are already starting to see for other things, 
But what's interesting is that the takana was made specifically on the consumer. If someone else is handling the bread um, and he's not eating it, even if he's feeding it to someone else, the individual handling the food is not going to have to wash. This is a special takana on the consumption, that every time we consume bread, apparently we're supposed to be reminded of truma, um, which is interesting because we even even when in the times where we did handle truma, we never ate truma, but to, to enhance our, our level of sensitivity so that we do not... Um, forget, um, so that we, not, we don't lose our sensitivity for Kedushan Tahara. This is something that we were um, told by Chazal to hold on to, and apparently Rav Chaim is telling us to hold on to it now. And again, the reason why, um, even if we can conjecture, um, it's, beyond, it's really beyond me, um, though again, I, I gave my suggestion. If you think you have a better suggestion, or you think you have any comments and uh, possibility as to why this is the halacha that Rav Chaim picked out. It is something that we handle every day. It is something that affects our every um, our every meal, or almost every meal. So um, maybe that's the reason. But if you, if you have your own suggestion, please um, don't hesitate to reach out to me at the database at gmail.com, and I'm happy to hear what you have to say about it. But anyway, so what does this have to do with liquids? So the Yikar Takana, we said, was made for bread that you handle with your hands. Shinatili um, so here, let's get to why bread is significant. Most truma is from bread. We're going to see that midi arises. There are three things that um, that there um, uh, that are midi arisa. Our truma has to be taken from it. So it continues the base Yosef. For fruits, you don't need a tiyasadim. Ain't truma in the Torah. Regular fruits, their truma is not diarisa. Eloha novim only grapes. Um, there's grapes and and olives. Um, so wine comes from grapes and oil. Um, so olives um, are made to oil. Fine. Sorry. So wine comes from 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 grapes and oil comes from olives. And we don't find a truma medirisa except for these three things, right? Dagon tirosh which we say in Shema. So what does this have to do with liquids? So continues the Shochanar, sorry, the base Yosef, same individual, same uh, same Rishon. So you don't wash on liquids because liquids are not handled with the hands. I'm skipping a little bit. But he says, when it comes to foods that are dipped in liquids, so there, Chazal were concerned. But because of the tuma effects that comes with liquid, so again, to enhance that sensitivity, Chazal were um, attacking in the time for any time that you dip something. Okay, so all of this is the background for Hilchas Natilas Yedayim. Now in terms of some Lamaisa, just to jump over to the Shulchan Aruch himself, in Kufnun uh, Ches as well, obviously the same. Sorry, um, here we have the um, we have he says Keshiavo Lechol Pas Shemivarchen of Hamotzi. Anytime you have bread on which you make Hamotzi, he's going to differentiate that from from something that's Mizonos. Itol Yadav, you wash your hands. Afilo Eni Yadav Lehem Shem Tumah. Even if you don't know if there's Tumah Tumah there, Mivarch Al Mitzias Yadav, and you make the Brach of Al Mitzias Yadav. Right, some dakos or pasta babakisnin, anything that's mizonos. So there you don't. Um, 
So there, there, there are different opinions about this, but the, the, those are the basics. Now we know that we, the way we wash our hands, we do once, uh, we do twice on the right and twice on the left. So why do we do twice? So this is different from when you make um, a nagelvaster, right? It's so nagelvaster there. Um, that's three times because it has to do with the ruach ra, as it's a completely separate topic which we're not talking about now. And this is not um, what Reb Chaim Kanievsky Shlita um, recommended for this moment, um, but you can learn that whenever you want. But for this, we do twice on each hand because the first is actually to, the first um, of water is to remove the tumma that's on our hands. And the second washing is to remove the water that now has taken the tumma off our hands because that water, the first water is tummies. The second water is really um, done so that we can remove the first water. This is the basis for the halacha of lifting your hands. Maybe you've seen people do this. Uh, Svaradim definitely do this. You have to be careful. You don't want to, you know, be blocking the uh, the sink when other people are waiting to wash. Um, but there, there, the in Kuf Samach Beis in one sixty two, the Shulchan Aruch talks about this. The Hagba Veshivshev Hayadayim Benatila. The Mishnah Brura right there. He. Um, in um, in Sifkat and Aleph, he gives a hakdama, um, a brief hakdama, where he talks about why you lift your hands. The reason why you lift your hands is because we don't want the wa- the water that's on your hands, the tame water, um, that was. Um, so we don't want that to drip to other parts of the body, right? Let's say your second water. Um, we, we don't necessarily know that the second water hits every surface of the first water and removes the tummy water. So if the tummy water should drip to other parts of the arm and that tummy water is still extant and then it comes back and is metame your hands again, then your washing will have been nothing. And then theoretically, um, technically, you would have to wash again. So therefore, the Mishnah Bura brings down that that's why you have to lift the hands to make sure all the water slides off and then make sure you wash your hands. If you keep your hands wet, then you completely um, defeat the purpose of the Natiyas Yadayim and you would, you would have to um, you know, wash all over again. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about where you could find all of the halachos for Natiyas Yadayim. If you're looking in the Shulchan Aruch and you want to know the different kinds of halachos, so you could find them in the following places. The general dinam are in Kufnun Ches, which we have, which we said already. Kufnun Tes talks about what kind of kli you're allowed to use and how exactly you're supposed to do it. Well, some of the things that we spoke about already. Um, then Kuf Samach talks about Ezomayim Kshem, Ezomayim Psulim Natila, and the different kinds of water that are actually not good for Natiyasi Daim. How would you know? You would look in Kuf Samach 160. In Kuf Samach 161, we'd have all the halachas of chatzitsa, things that separate between your hands and the natila. And obviously that could be a problem if you have a band-aid on your finger. So these, these are halachas you would need to know. You'd find them in Kuf Samach In Kuf Samach Beis, we um, talks about lifting the hands, um, which we spoke about. Kuf Samach Gimel talks about the din mishain lo maim Right? What if someone does not have water to wash? What, under what circumstances could you continue and just eat anyway? And also, what if you're feeding someone else? So that we alluded to also a little bit. So in Kuf Samach Gimel, you'll find the halachos there, 163. In Kuf Samach Dal, 164, we have, um, what if a person um, washes in the morning, his regular washing, let's say, 
So there might actually be a circumstance under which you could actually do that. But that would require you to literally guard your hands all day long to make sure that they don't become tummy. And maybe then you could rely on that. Uh, but obviously it's better not to do that. Also, what happens if a person has to go to the bathroom in the middle of a meal? Right? So do you have to wash again? The simple answer is yes, you do. Um, but maybe without a bracha. But you'll find the halachos for that in Kuf Samach Hay. That's 165. So in one in one um, 157, 158 through 165 in the Shulchan Aruch and the tour, you have all of the halachos. And what I'm going to do really quickly is run through a bunch of the halachos, simplified form as they appear in Ari Marcus's um, Halacha 24-7-12, all the halachos of washing for bread, which can be found on pages 130 through 133. And here we go. Summarizes Rav Ari Marcus, you need to wash with a bracha before you eat pas. If you are eating less than a kazais of bread, you should wash, but without a bracha. You do not need to wash if you are baking, preparing, or handling bread. If you aren't eating it, this we said already. If you are feeding someone else, you don't need to wash. But if someone is feeding you, you do need to wash. Again, one of the phenomenon, or one of the phenomena um, of Nitzhi um, also, you don't need to be the one pouring the water. Someone else could wash your hands for you. Um, you know, the the, the Vlavim used to do this for the Kohanim, for Birchas Kohanim. They still do. If your hands are wet, you could still wash them TLC Dime. This is something that I wasn't sure about. Do you have to dry your hands before? So apparently, let's say you just came out of the bath, you didn't dry your hands yet. You could still do it TLC Dime. Fine. Um, in the process, Ravari describes the optimally washing, the washing process goes like this. He gives five steps. Step one, hold the clay in your right hand, then fill it with water. Then you transfer the clay to your left hand to wash your right hand. So there are Kabbalistic reasons for doing this, why you start with the right hand. The right is chesed, not for now, um, but that's what's brought down. Step three, he says you transfer it back to your right hand, and then you wash your left hand. So remember, we do twice on the right, twice on the left. Then you lift your hands up, as we said. That's step four. You recite the bracha of Anatiyasidayim. Then you dry your hands. Now, normally, we make a bracha over Lassiyasin, right? Normally, we make a bracha before we engage in the mitzvah. The reason why we do this after is because when your hands are tame, and right, the whole takana, the assumption is that your hands are tame, even if we don't, even if we assume, even if you really assume that they're not, we're going to assume that they are. So the point is, if you're about to be, make your hands more fitting, so make the bracha when your hands are more fitting. So we, we, we make the bracha while our hands are still wet, because then it's still a little bit over lasiyasim, but they are now in better condition than they were before. Step five, you dry your hands. Because we said if you don't dry your hands, you defeat the purpose. So then finally, after you dry your hands. Okay, fine. Now, in terms of how to wash each hand, so as each hand, Ravari says that they're actually different opinions. Um, so um, there are different opinions on how many times you need to wash. So it's either one, two, or three. And the most prevalent practice is to wash each hand twice, as we said. Um, if you wash each hand only one full time, you for sure fulfill your obligations as Ravari. And apparently more important than washing each hand twice is covering the entire hand. So optimally, you should wash your hand until your wrist. However, if there's not enough water, you can get away with washing until where your fingers connect to your hand. Now, the obvious nafgamina here of it being more important that you've got to wash your hand um, your whole hand rather than you know, than washing it twice. Obviously, if you're able, if you have enough water to wash it twice, you should. But the practical difference is, let's say you only have enough water to do it once on each hand fully. Yeah, either have that or you can wash up until, let's say, less than that. 
and um, but you're not going to get the you know you're not going to get the whole hand, but you can get twice on each hand. So it sounds like from Ravari's words, really you should focus on getting the entire hand, even if it's only going to be once. Now we said that we um, after you dry your hands, um, and you should lift them up so that the water that went beyond your wrists doesn't flow back down onto your hands. Then you say the bracha. And Ravari here talks about normally we make with the bracha over last yasan, what we said before, but here we don't. Um, but we, again, since drying the hands is part of the purification process, so therefore when you say the bracha, it still counts as over last yasan. And we said the, um, also earlier, you can't have hasachadas, you can't have a mental lapse. So if, um, if you speak about something that's unrelated, Right, so um, it's, it's at the washing and to the eating process. So that'd be hasechadas. Now you wouldn't necessarily wash again unless you have, um, um, unless you know that you, um, you know that, that your hands became impure. Um, so um, Ravari says that while you should not say something unrelated to the meal, if you did again, you don't need to wash again, provided that there was no hasechadas vis-a-vis the purity of your hands. Um, so some people think, oh, I talked, I got to wash again. That's a big mistake. Don't do that. That's just the bracha levatala. Um, but Rari also points out, this is a big one. Um, sometimes you don't find a towel nearby or, or a paper towel. What do you do? So you do not dry your hands on your clothes or anyone else's. This is considered a bizayon to the clothes. So that you should not do. So that's, uh, that's important and uh, perhaps not as known halacha. Then Ravari talks about, on page 131, towards the bottom, he talks about using the bathroom before eating. And he says that if you do use the bathroom before, you're about to wash for a meal. So when you wash your hands, that can count for an Um So the Mishnah Bura writes in that vein that when you leave the bathroom, you should wash your hands in a way that won't be valid for an such as directly from the faucet and covering just the tips of your fingers. Right, because um, if you want to wash in the most optimal way where you can make a bracha, so you shouldn't wash you know, your hands from the bathroom the right way and then wash again, because then the second time when you wash again, it would really be a bracha levatela because the second washing wasn't necessary. So that's why he says you should do that. Um, There's a separate halacha about um, using a faucet. I think Rabari talks about that. He does. Um, using a faucet's not so push it, but a lot of us resort to that. But that's why we're here. We want to talk about the most optimal way to wash the hands. So the Mishnah Brewer gave his version of what you do after you go to the bathroom. Here's how the Vilnagon says you should deal with it. He says that when you leave the bathroom, you should wash your hands once with a cup in a way that is kosher for Netiyasi Daim. And then, says the Vilnagon, you should say Asher Yatsar and then say Netiyasi Daim. Um, and then you dry your hands and then you say the Hamotzi. Um, and apparently, um, if you look in Maestrav, so he quotes Maestrav, and he also quotes the Peskei Chubos, apparently you can choose which order. You could say um, Asher Yatsar after Natyas Yadayim. So that's pretty fascinating. I want to go back quickly to what we said about the Hasechadas. Right? You can't make Hasechadas, so you're not supposed to talk about things that are unrelated to the purification process or to the eating process. So everyone knows that you can say, ah, oh, salt, salt, if I please pass the salt. So that you could say. Now, I know someone who is getting... Um, you know, worked up about um, people speaking, uh, people who are, are grunting and making noises after they've washed, um, because you know the, um, that could also be hasechadas, even though you're not saying words. Now, even if that's and so he actually spoke out once to tell people that you know you, um, you're making more of a hasechadas than by speaking. 
Now, he might have been right about that, but the point is that talking about people making hasechadas might itself be hasechadas. So that's not the equivalent of asking for salt. So even his explanation um, 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 probably was, uh, was problematic. So uh, the reason I point this out is because there, there, there are multiple ways to make hasechadas, and the point is that that's the ikr, that you don't make hasechadas. So talking might not be the worst thing, but you should not talk about something that's unrelated. Okay, how about washing in a bathroom? Servari says you should not wash in a bathroom. This is on page 132. Um, he says if there is no other option, you could. So he gives the example of an airplane. Um, um, and this is the reason that uh, you may not wash in a basic say. So um, today's bathroom, it might be different because we have modern plumbing. So it might not qualify as a basic say. This is the basis for a lot of leniencies. When it comes to halachos and different mitzvos and things that you might want to do, but you happen to be stuck in a bathroom, so um, that um, that would make our bathrooms on a different category. Um, but says Ravari, if you use a bathroom during a meal, you will need to wash again when you come out. And the, um, though the Mishnah Bura says that you should say, uh, you should not say, sorry, the Mishnah Bura says that you should say a new bracha if you um, defecated, but the prevalent practice is apparently not to do so. How many quotes the Piskei Chivas on that? But if it's just if it's just urination, so then for sure you don't make a new bracha, according to all opinions, even the Mishnah Bura. Now, in terms of washing without a cup, what kind of vessel do you need? So um, you do need a cleave that's not broken and has a smooth top. Um, says Ravari, a pitcher with a spout is not ideal. And if you don't have a kli, says Ramari, this is very, very important, because this goes back to the Chathchila B'diyavad. He says, really, you shouldn't wash if you don't have a kli. But if you're in a situation where there is no kli and you're really, really hungry, so there might be room for leniency to wash from a faucet. I'm not going to get into the svara. He talks about how um, whether or not a faucet is considered a kli. There's basis to say that it's not. There's basis to say that it is. So it's not the best thing to rely on, but in certain circumstances you can. And if you do, the way you do it is you turn it on, then off, then on, then off. You don't let it run the whole time because you need a koach gavra. And so um, it might not be called koach gavra if you don't separate between the faucet turnings. So you got to turn on, then off, on, then off. Um, and he says that if the faucet has a receptacle like the sink on an aircraft, you can wash directly from the faucet without a problem. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Fine. Now, if there is no place to wash, so Ravari mentions here, for example, if you're driving on a highway, so the Gemara does say, as we mentioned earlier, in times of great need, you can cover your hands and then eat the bread. Um, And um, Ravari just points out that holding the sandwich in a plastic bag or tinfoil does not work. You need to cover the hands, not the sandwich. Not a lot of people know this. This is um, this comes up in the Shulchan Aruch Simen Kuf Samach Gimel, Sif Aleph. But this is very important. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm not touching the bread. No, that's not enough. Because you have to, the whole point is that you're covering the hands, not the food. The food is not at risk um, or is not the problem. The hands are the askanios. The hands are the things that convey the tumma. So he says, this can only be done if water is not available within four mil, which is roughly four kilometers ahead of you, or one mil behind you, meaning on your trip. So Ravari just points out that means that if you're on a highway and you're 30 miles until the next exit, then you could rely on this. However, there are those who say that four mil doesn't literally mean four mil in distance, but rather the amount of time, which would be 72 minutes. And that means that if the next exit is within 72 minutes, then really you should wait to wash. 
Now, if you know that it's going to be a long day on the road and you won't be anywhere near water for a long time, then you can wash your hands before leaving in the morning and you got to maintain the purity like we said earlier. And just um, say the hamotzi and eat the bread when, whenever it is that you get hungry. Now, just to tell, wrap up, so when it comes to the water for washing, Ravari says, um, this is at the bottom of page 133, the minimum amount of water necessary for an antiosidium is revius, which is roughly four ounces. He says you can use warm water if necessary, but apparently you cannot use hot water for an antiosidium. And apparently you may not use salty water unless you're actually dipping them in the ocean. See, this is another halacha, that if you have a cup, you couldn't go to a pond or river and wash your hands with that way. But if you don't have a cup, so if the pond is big enough to be a mikvah, so really all you have to do is stick your hands in, and that would be enough. There, are, there is an opinion out there that you would not make a bracha of netil asidaim, but you would say al tevil asidaim. I think we hold that you still make the bracha of netil asidaim, but that might be a machlokas. But um, that's something you should look up and ask your Rav about. Um, and um, Ravari just finishes, if someone fills a cup for you and leaves it there, you could use it for Nityasadayim. You don't need to spill it out and then fill it up again. However, water that was already used to wash hands, so the Halacha says that you cannot reuse already used Nityasadayim water. It has to be in brand Nityasadayim water to wash your hands. Now, if anyone wants um, uh, um, to have um, a picture of these halachas um, upon request reach out to me at the database at gmail.com and I can give you this entire summary again um, but with that we've, we've covered a lot of halacha a lot of halacha lemaisa a lot of halachas that maybe you didn't know and this is a great time to brush up so hopefully you have enough to work with you have sources to look at and Bezras Hashem uh, that'll take us for now through Natiyah um, Sidaim and with that, um, I guess, in the meantime, just keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah with all its halachos, and for this time, and we should only see Geulos and Yeshua's moving forward. And thank you for joining us here at the database.